Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another, probably the last episode of the season of All Turns No Breaks with Tam, Renee, and Kenny. I am Renee, she is Tam, and he is my man, Kenny. How are you guys doing? I'm doing most excellent, and that's not a probably, that is a fact. This is going to be (laughs) the last episode of the season. If you hadn't heard, because I don't think we've said anything, but you're going to hear it now. This is the last episode of the season. We will probably do a best of episode and we may miss you guys. So we will probably check in during the month of December or January. And of course, we will be online. As always, you catch us on the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and all that good stuff at Turns No Break. But don't worry about checking your podcast, whether you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, iHeart, wherever you listen to your podcast, because we won't be there for a few weeks. Kenny, what it do? <laughs> Yo, what's going on? Y'all doing all right? Yeah. Most excellent. Oh, I know Renee is doing fantastic because how about those cowboys? How about those cowboys, Kenny? Uh, how about them cowboys? We got another <laughs> dub today. That's number six. Let's go. Uh, just another excuse to prolong firing the bum ass coach known yep. as Jason Garrett. Probably so. Yeah. And I tell you this, though, because I know a lot of talk has been talking about whether Dak deserves the money he's asking for and blah, 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 blah. But and I know it was against the Lions, but man, the guy threw for 444 yards, Kenny. That's insane. Yeah, he had a real good game. I mean, he's been doing great with the passing and that's been the thing everyone's been worried about. Well, can he pass and can the rushing game also be well? I think he's done pretty solid so far. So we'll see how December pans out. That's always the month I'm worried about the most for the Cowboys. It's always December. Well, the highlight for me was watching Zeke do the Dak Dak thing, whatever it was. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was funny. Let me ask you guys a question because it seems like this whole little Dak hip thrust dance pump fake thing came out of no place, but has he been doing this before? Well, from what I had heard just through reading things on Twitter and then just online that I've seen, now Donovan McNabb was the first one that actually came out and praised Dak for doing that and saying that this is the reason why this guy's numbers are up and why he's got a, his passer rating is a lot better because of, apparently that's an exercise. I mean, Kenny, correct me if I'm wrong, but because uh, I didn't know this either, but apparently that's a that's an exercise that quarterbacks use to help with balance and footwork for their passing game. And I didn't know that. That's even mind-boggling that an ex-Eagle would say that about a current Cowboy player. Well, it was obvious what it was. It was just that we had never seen Dak do it. And then all of a sudden, it became like, oh, the Dak dance. Are we going to see that in the clubs? (laughs) (laughs) You know it. One person, I'm telling you, it was one dude in a club somewhere (laughs) across this country that did that. (laughs) Well, we see you doing it at the next club rave wherever you go well i'm surprised we didn't see no. rowdy do it after he after he won today yeah well let's jump into some nascar talk your boy rowdy he won but he was just so 
mellow. Like somebody even asked his crew chief that question during the presser. Like, you won, dude. Was it like no big thing? Like you knew you had it and that's why you weren't excited? Or it just seemed uh, something was a little bit off with the win. Did you guys see that or was it just me? No, a couple people had actually asked that question and were wondering, like, was he okay or something going on? I don't know. I would have thought he would have had a very different celebration, but it was very mellow for him. And this is Kyle Bush we're talking about, the same one that broke a <laughs> broke a guitar in Nashville a few years ago, like that Kyle Bush. I don't know. Something just didn't seem correct to me. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that, too. I thought even as the race was ending, they were coming around on the final lap. Uh, not not a woohoo, yeah, let's go. So it wasn't even like no yelling or fist pumping anything. He was just real mellow as he was coming down that last lap and was like, yeah, great guys. Great day, guys. Good job today. Blah blah. I mean, it was real mellow and definitely not a rowdy moment whatsoever. When he came in the presser after all his celebration and sat down, Towards the end of the press conference, we saw the real Kyle Busch. And not that he wasn't the real Kyle Busch before, but he was sarcastic. He actually made a comment, and I quote, he said, I am by far the most popular. I'm just never going to win the award. And he also went on to say that I don't need to be any more popular, as in, it is what it is. Like he has enough fans and not, I guess I won't say that he was saying that he has enough fans, but it's like, it's not going to make a difference no matter how much more popular he gets because people aren't going to vote for him for most popular driver. It's kind of ironic that Chase has that wrapped up because you ask yourself, why does Chase have that wrapped up? Well, I can tell you right now, it's uh, the difference between being likable and unlikable, which if you guys look at Rowdy, he's not the most likable guy. And Chase just comes off as that young, nice looking kid. That's very likable. But why? Because I've spent a lot of time with Chase and I've interviewed him like 5,000 times. And Chase, I'm a fan of Chase, but Chase is not necessarily the most And I I don't know how to say this because I don't want it to come off like, well, how can I phrase this? Chase is just Chase. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I like Chase, but he's very even keel. I guess that's the best way to explain it. Like, he's very likable, but he's even keel all the time. Even when he wins, like, he gets excited, but he's just a mellow dude. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Those are the words I'm looking for. He's a mellow dude. As in, Rowdy gives you everything. He gives you a reason to love him because he's a true racer and he gives you a reason to hate him because he is just crazy, sarcastic, and funny. Versus Chase, Chase is always the same. Not that he doesn't get happy or sad, but he's just a chill dude. So maybe I'm just out here on a limb by myself. Well, no, I, I think I agree because if we look back on even when Dale Jr. was racing, Dale Jr. had that about him. I just think that Dale Jr. is one of those guys that is likable 24-7. But Dale Jr. just had the personality where he needed to be feisty. When he needed to be feisty, he wanted to be nice. When he wanted to be nice, but he had all the right words to say. And just all around 100% good personality about him. That's why he was liked so much. 
I don't know if I can agree with Dale Jr. being feisty. Kenny, do you recall him being feisty? He had a couple moments, but nothing like yeah. nothing, nothing like Kyle Bush or like a Harvick or something like yeah, that. But, but. Yeah, but to Renee's point, though, I, I get what he's saying, that sure. Dale Jr. is just likable. And we all know that he inherited a lot of his fans because of Senior. But I think even those people became Dale Jr. fans. Because even now, like, I love Dale Jr. Like, there's not anything you can not like about Dale. Dale's like a cool guy. Like, Dale's the guy who I would want to, if I was a beer drinker, sit down and have a couple of beers with and shoot the crap with. That's for sure. Because he's just super cool. I don't really know, like, out of the young drivers... Aside from Daniel Suarez, who would I want to do that with? And unfortunately, let's jump into some NASCAR talk on a bad note. Like Daniel Suarez is out of a ride. We talked about this a little bit last week and now it's happened. He is completely out of a ride. Actually, should we even talk about that? Like we completely off our regular, (laughs) you know, how we usually conduct the show. So let's backtrack. We'll come back to Daniel Suarez being without a ride when we give you guys an update on who has a ride, who moved to what ride, who was leaving, and all that good stuff. Denny Hamlin did not win. And that was, I mean, it was a bone crusher for me because I really, truly, in my heart and every bone in my body thought that Denny Hamlin was going to be our 2019 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series champ. Yeah, make that two of us. And it did not happen. And it did not happen because of a dumb mistake. Well, here's the thing. Let's just keep it 100. Martin Truex Jr. like hit some switches on everybody in the field. Like how, how crazy fast was his car? But he didn't win either because his team made a dumb mistake and put the tires on the wrong side. Like who does that? I forgot who it was they asked and they were like, they had never seen that in the history of NASCAR. Oh, actually, it was Kyle Busch's um, crew chief. He was like, he just has never seen anything like it. It was bananas. But on that note, Kyle Busch is your winner. And not that it matters at this point, but just because Kyle Busch came in first, Martin Truex Jr. came in second, Kevin Harvick, who actually kind of looked good at some points of the race, he came in fourth and Denny Hamlin came in 10th. Denny, it just it was just a crazy race. It wasn't looking good for Denny. Denny just did not have speed. Like Martin Truex Jr. was blowing everybody away. But Denny ended up in the front for a little bit. And then after that mistake on pit road where his, I don't know who put too much tape on the front, but it just threw everything off. And next thing you know, he had to come back into pit road and the car was smoking and he had to come back to pit road and the car was smoking and all that good stuff. And not that it matters, but Joe Gibbs racing actually came in one, two, three, because Eric Jones came in third. I don't recall anybody saying his name the entire race, but he came in third. Okay. Comments, questions, concerns, go for it. I got to say, race overall was it was okay for homestead i've I've definitely seen better and just um picking up off of obviously now we've come to the end of the decade i would have to say 
it doesn't come close to the 2011 race, I'll say that. But Denny's mistake, of course, adding a little bit too much tape on the grill. Very small mistake, but became very crucial at that time. I understood what they were trying to do, but they just put a little too much tape. I think if you looked at the replay, that tape level was probably about what you would see the teams at qualifying trim, which is pretty hot. <laughs> so they run the cars hot for like two laps to get the most speed out of them. But that didn't work out so well. But the true X thing of all things that happened an entire day was the strangest thing I have ever seen in my life. I couldn't believe it because just like you said, he was on rails like there was no stopping Martin Truex Jr. It seemed like he had everything in his bag. He was just rolling. I thought this dude was about to take over and just do what he did in the Coke 600 a couple years ago. And almost led every single lap like he was on rails, but. Um, one way to close out the decade, Kyle Busch now gets his second title. And I guess now, as people would say, his 2015 title, and quote, has an asterisk around it because he didn't have a full season. And he commented on it as well in the media center. He said, well, I guess I had a full season championship now. So there it is. You can't say it wasn't legit. I never understood <laughs> why it wasn't legit or why people thought it wasn't legit. Because to me, it made it even greater the fact that he didn't even run a full season and he still came back and spanked that ass. Yeah. I I get you 100%. A lot I of people agree with were that. not pleased with it, though. They were like, oh, well, how can you come back half a season and then you, you come back? I mean, he won plenty of races to just to make it in the 20th in points that season. So I thought it was a pretty crazy feat. But, you know, obviously teaches their own everyone has their own opinion whether it's dumb or not in my eyes if this is what it was he deserved to be champion i i know this entire season i did a lot of talk about denny hamlin but don't get it twisted i was perfectly okay with anybody winning that was in the final four because all four drivers that made it to the championship four were all drivers who I think I picked all those drivers. I'm not 100% sure. I'm sure somebody's going to check the tape and say, oh, no, you didn't. But I believe I did because they're all drivers that I root for. So I wasn't terribly upset with how it went. I just wanted Denny Hamlin to win. I am a Kyle Busch fan. I'm also a Kevin Harvick fan. I can't say that I am a Martin Truex Jr. fan, but I'm not a Martin Truex Jr. hater either. I'm indifferent about him. And that's really weird because Martin Truex Jr. is very likable. And I actually like the guy, but I'm just kind of indifferent, if that makes sense. There are a few drivers that I'm indifferent about, and he just so happens to be one of them. But on that note, let's talk about your boy Daniel Hemrick actually won Rookie of the Year. It was announced that he was the Rookie of the Year for NASCAR Cup, but that's just strange. And it's kind of like, wow, how are you going to be Rookie of the Year and you're going back to Xfinity racing? (laughs) How freaking strange is that going to be? That's just weird. It happens. I mean, stuff happens sometimes with um, a Rookie of the Year. This isn't the first time someone has been either kicked out of the ride because of whatever reason or like in his case with Tyler Reddick, who is also the now two-time champion and back-to-back champion in the Xfinity series, he's moving up. It's like a very weird thing because I think both of them are very good, obviously. It just seemed like RC wasn't going to take Dylan off the car, so... That means somebody had to go, and even though it was Hemrick's first season, and I'm not really too sure what more he could have done and what he had. And it'll be interesting to see what Reddick does in that same car. But 
I still don't think it's a a bad move for him because it really could be a lot worse. If I'm him, I am fine with going to JRM for a season to run 20 races in a competitive car. I am completely fine with that because I'd rather would do that than stay in cup and go to a team that's not necessarily a lateral move in the sense of being in the cup series. Him going to a JR car is still a very good place to be. So it sucks, but it, he still has a pretty good opportunity in front of him next season. It's interesting that Daniel is going to JRM when, in fact, Tyler Reddick, he won his first championship last year with JRM. And then this year, he won his second championship with Richard Childress. And it's just like a, a recycle. I don't know if the word, it's not recycle. What's the word I'm looking for? A Ferris wheel of Musical chairs? I don't know. <laughs> musical chairs? I think that's a way. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good way. Okay, musical yeah. chairs. Yeah, because it's just, <laughs> it's cars. wild. Yeah, musical cars. Or musical teams. How about that? There you go. Musical, musical teams. teams. <laughs> yeah, because if you think about the dynamics of how all that worked out, like Tyler Reddit left Junior last year and came to Richard, and then Daniel was driving for Richard in the Cup Series, and now he's being knocked back down to Xfinity where he's going to JR, and then you get what I'm saying. I don't follow Xfinity like that, but I know enough of what's going on to know it was musical teams. Yeah, so I know you said you don't really follow Xfinity like that, but I'll say for someone who has, I thought the 2019 season was one of the better ones, and they closed it out perfectly at Homestead. I thought the battle between Tyler Reddick and Cole Custer, Christopher Bell, and Justin Allgaier was so good. Bar none, the best race of the weekend. And if you guys want to debate me, hit me on Twitter at Front Row Kenny. We can talk. (laughs) So those are just kind of my thoughts. What are your thoughts about the truck race? I thought the truck race was decent. It wasn't the best of the weekend to me, but it was a very fun one at that. I always think the trucks do really well at half miles and especially at Homestead if any, if there's any place. But I guess the one thing that got everybody up in arms was the system was finally surprisingly broken by Matt Crafton, who actually won the championship without winning a single race at all. He didn't even win on, on Friday night. So he actually won the championship based on pure consistency and he got it done so a strange a very strange one I didn't expect Matt Crafton to be the one to take that I was hoping Ross Chastain who was my pick to take it home but he kind of had a rough day same thing with Brett Moffitt his teammate they didn't really have the best of days and Matt Crafton stuck around he led a few laps here and there but Austin Hill ultimately won the race but also I mean Matt Crafton he did well he put himself in the correct position and he captured his third truck series title. He's now chasing four, who is Ron Hornaday, who holds the record for the most in that series. So it was uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I saw that just briefly chimed in on Friday after all the dango rain. Oh my God, the rain just threw everything off this weekend. Just a quick update, Kenny, because this is more your area of expertise and not that I don't know, but it's just better coming from you. Give us an update going into or ending the season of what is going on. We already talked about Hemrick going down to Xfinity and we talked about Reddick coming up to Cup, but actually three of the four championship drivers in the Xfinity race are actually moving up to Cup. So can you just kind of update us on 
driver movement. We already know that Daniel's out of a car and Cole Custer is in the 41 now. So just let us know what's going on. Well, besides the ones we've covered so far, which is obviously the one that came out this week, this just recent weekend with Cole Custer moving up to the 41 car for next year. Same thing, pretty relatively unfresh news is Tyler Reddick going to RCR next year. But the one that a lot of people were anticipating and knew was going to happen all year long was Christopher Bell moving up to Cup. It wasn't Joe Gibbs as we expected for Christopher Bell, but he's going to go to the Levine family racing to replace Matt Benedetto, who is going to our next year to replace Paul Menard. So Christopher Bell was the one that everyone knew was going to happen, essentially. Like, this was just something that was a well-known thing, and he was going to move up. Toyota wanted him to move up to Cup, and they had to find a seat, and they found one seat that was going to work. And Levine Family Racing, it has a TRD or Joe Gibbs alliance, so they're good to go. And I do think that next year, for a change, we're going to really have a very, very strong Rookie of the Year battle. And they're all in good enough cars, I think, to make that battle actually Pretty interesting on track. So 2020 should be pretty cool, especially having the what the Xfinity Series has is their big three moving up all at the same time this year. Which of the drivers moving up from Xfinity to Cup do you think is going to do the best? I think Cole Custer is probably primed to do the best. It's between him and Bell to me. I think Custer is pretty strong. He's had a really, really good year. This season, I mean, he just has become somebody that nobody really expected. A quiet guy turned into some turned up kid and he's won a couple races in a row and he ended up getting himself to the championship again. Just fell very short. I thought he was going to come back. He didn't have a set of tires, so he was pretty much done for at that point. And Tyler Reddick ran away, but kudos to him for having a loose wheel with maybe, I think, 20 or so laps to go in a stage, came all the way back, unlapped himself, and got back on the lead lap. He did the damn thing. So if he won that race, he definitely would have earned it on Saturday. And with a name like Cole Custer, you got to know he's got to do some good things, right? I mean, that's just a cool name. <laughs> Cole Custer, come on, that just sounds like a, a NASCAR driver, doesn't it? Yeah, I think, I think Cole so. will do good because he's with Smoke. They didn't win the championship this year, but he's surrounded with, good teammates, which hopefully he can learn a little bit from the team. So we'll see how it all unfolds. At the beginning of the season, we will talk about Rookie of the Year candidates, and we'll have a clear picture on who we are choosing. But right now, I choose to not say anything because I'm not quite sure. (laughs) What else do we need to talk about? It's the last podcast, guys. Like, yay. Yep. Let's okay, you know what? Let's jump into some fan comments because again, this podcast is for fans by fans. So, why not talk about what the fans had to say? We have been on fire on Twitter the last week. We ran so many polls. We had NASCAR talk. We asked you guys a bunch of questions. A lot of people were very active on the Twitter the last couple of days joining in, telling us what they think. We actually posted a bunch of questions during the actual championship race. And I am going to tell you what was said. We posted, quote, everyone wants to know and everyone has asked this question, but we didn't ask. Who you got? Who will become the 2019 Monster Energy NASCAR Series champion? Hashtag championship for 
hashtag NASCAR playoffs. Who do you guys think everybody picked? Renee, who do you think got the most votes in that poll? God, man. <laughs> I want to go look at it now because now I'm really kind of curious. Just um, guess. It was either Denny, Kyle, Kevin, or Martin. I, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say Denny. Wrong. Oh. Team Kevin got the most votes. Actually, really? we posted a similar poll earlier in the week as well as on our Instagram, and everybody really thought Kevin Harvick was going to win the race. 38% of the people who voted said Kevin Harvick, as well, we posted Team Kevin. 28% said Team Martin. 23% said Team Denny. And only 11% said Team Kyle. Ironically, I saw some other outlets posting similar polls, and Kyle did not get a lot of votes on anybody's poll. And I guess he has the last laugh because he is yep. our 2019 champion. If you look at all four of those drivers, any of them could have won. Really, honestly, all four of those drivers really are good. And I guess if you go back and look at it, Denny Hamlin probably could have been the odd one out because, but that was the, all the more reason why I was rooting for Denny because all the other guys I know could have won that easily. Just like we said, Truex could have easily won that. But I really was pulling for Denny. But I mean, all four of those drivers could have won. Yep. We also asked our regular weekly in the stage two question, quote, now the stage two is in the books. We have to ask, are you enjoying the race at Homestead Miami so far? What do you think about the race? Hashtag Ford Ego Boost 400. Hashtag Championship 4. 33% said disappointing. 35% said, uh, and 32% said, so far, so good. So that was kind of almost evenly split. But when you take in consideration the uh and disappointing, that was pretty much, what, 68% total. So clearly a lot of people did enjoy the race. And we had a few people who actually chimed in with their comments. One person said there should be a meh option. They put a <laughs> thumbs down for stage one and a thumbs up for stage two. Mm. And after the fact, somebody chimed in and said, Kyle wins, so today sucks. <laughs> Stop hating. Stop hating. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the rowdy haters. <laughs> yeah. I personally thought that the race got it had a good flash where you were like, yeah, right after stage two, after the stage caution during the restart, it took off and you were like, okay. But then it just kind of was lackluster. I will actually read one other thing. Somebody tweeted us and said, well, actually, they didn't tweet us. We just jumped in the conversation because we're nosy. But they actually tweeted Denny Hamlin and NASCAR on NBC and they wrote, what a disappointment of a final race. Boring. And we just jumped in and asked everyone on Twitter who else agrees. And of course, we got a lot of people who jumped in. And I'll pick three comments at random. One user said, not a disappointment. You see, for something to be disappointing, you have to have had high expectations and have been let down by them. I was fully expecting a terrible race so expectations were met <laughs> well i think the thing is and, and kenny i don't know if you agree with this or, or tam either but 
See, the, the thing about when you come down to a, a final race like this is you're really only concentrated on four drivers. And then there's so much other drivers on the track. Like, how exciting can that be? Am I making any sense there? You're making sense, but it still could have been a better race. Somebody else chimed in and said, every race needs a mandatory caution with 10 laps to go. If not, the sport disappears. Looks at the stands, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I can't really necessarily agree with that, but I know he was being a little bit oh. sarcastic. No, we I- do not need a caution with 10 laps to go because it's just not fair. <laughs> Don't even, Kenny, don't even contemplate that thought. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not even contemplating that. What I will say is in the history of this race, and I would say probably in the last 10 years, that has happened. So I'll, I'll give them that. It has happened. No matter what's a phantom caution or some random car on the back of the back marker that had a flat tire, it almost happened. But that car, it was a car that made it down pit road at the end. I don't know who it was. I was listening to the radios and someone said they got a tire going down. It was like five laps to go, but they made it down. I still have not a clue who that was. They didn't talk about anybody else during the race. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. I'll read one other comment. Somebody says, I'm actually sick of all the cautions, especially the ones where someone skids out, but is able to pit without disturbing the race competition cautions stage cautions enough already and we know who on this podcast agrees with that because i still don't think we should have a stage caution and i don't like the fact that laps are wasted under caution but clearly nascar doesn't care what i think but those are my thoughts trust and believe me going to short tracks you would probably take back the cautions and, and having them having last being killed under caution trust and believe me when i say that there will be a time where you're going to be like man this is really holding things up like this is really going to keep holding things up and holding time back trust and believe me when i say that it's a 50 50 thing i think to me personally it's a 50 50 i think sometimes it's overkill and there's other times where i don't think it shouldn't have a time where it should be counted but that's just my take well i know how I feel no matter what your take is Kenny and I don't like the laps being <laughs> wasted okay. okay Renee brought this up and we posted a question about it aside from Kyle Larson has NBC mentioned any other driver aside from the championship four hashtag just asking a <laughs> lot of people have something to say about this I bet and then we were corrected Bubba's flat tire Kyle Larson then somebody says Nemechek when they threw the caution for his save. And again, just picking these at random. Somebody says, no, not really. But that's how the coverage always is. Plus, they show favoritisms. Yeah, I don't agree with that either, but maybe. Somebody said David Reagan and Paul Menard, as well as Matt D. I must have been tuned out when they talked about those three drivers because I don't remember. Yeah, I must I have been sleeping. Matt. And David, obviously, because they're retiring. So I do remember them mentioning. Somebody says one race championship is so, so, so asinine. Well, clearly he didn't like the format. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, let's see. Oh, God. What other? So those are good comments, though. Paul Menard is done. Speaking of. And Wood Brothers Racing, they did a very, very great 
tribute to Paul Menard. And I won't call it a tribute, but they posted a bunch of kind words on both Facebook as well as the Twitter about him retiring. I'm not going to read everything that was posted on the official Twitter account for Whip Brothers Racing, but I will just read one tweet and it says, okay, okay, time to get serious. Let's talk for a minute about the contributions of the Menard family to racing. And then they go on and on and it's a whole long thread. If you guys want to read the thread, take the jump over to Twitter. Their official handle or username is Brothers 21 And they actually changed their avatar to thank you, Paul Menard, and it's cute and all that great stuff. So Paul Menard is done with cup racing. Let's pray that the Wood Brothers continue racing. I actually saw a really good special about them. I've actually seen a lot of specials about them, but the one that is currently running or that ran this week was about how they, it was really their history from the beginning. And it's a really intriguing history for them and how they came into the sport. And of course, anybody who is in racing know they revolutionized the pit stop. Kudos to them. Long live Wood Brothers Racing and the sport of NASCAR. And we are moving on because this episode is starting to become long and that's not our (laughs) forte. And I feel like I'm doing too much talking. We have covered everything that there is to cover. Oh, Renee, Dale Jr., your boy. Oh, yeah. So Dale Jr. was able to uh, interview the one, the only, the GOAT of basketball, NBA legend, Michael Jordan, who is a huge Denny Hamlin fan. And he was there to uh, soak in all the uh, last race stuff that was going on. It was just uh, nice to see Michael Jordan out there and seeing two legends like Michael Jordan and Dale Jr. together. And uh, it, it was really a cool moment. Yeah, Dale Jr. also interviewed Kyle Busch before the race and he came across a little nervous and Kyle Busch made a joke about it. I, it was just weird. It was funny and lighthearted, but I was like, is Dale nervous to be talking to Kyle Busch? <laughs> Did you see that, Kenny? I did. I think he was joking. He had to be. But Dale wasn't smooth. So something clearly was wrong. He was a little nervous, I think. But I thought that was fun. Yeah, but it was great, dude. Like, you got the legendary Dale Jr. talking to legendary Michael Jordan. Yeah, man. It was just legendary. And Michael Jordan looks thick, don't he? He always been thick ever since he stopped playing. (laughs) Dang. Yeah, with his Eric Dickerson earrings. One thing I will say. (laughs) Eric Dickerson earrings. I never heard that. That's hilarious. That's like an old joke. Because let's just keep it 100. Michael Jordan never could dress. And I'm going to go on record and say that. Nah, we know that. Trust me. I remember back in my day when I used to hang out and was on that circuit. Michael could never dress. He just was always. He wore dad jeans and just. He just was Michael Jordan. I get it. I don't know how to explain it. But yeah, so on that note, it looks like the podcast is coming to an end for the season. The only other thing I can think that we didn't talk about was Steve Phelps addressed the status of NASCAR. But do we need to talk about it, Kenny? Did you want to chime in? Do we care? 
I didn't have too much to take from it, if I'm being quite honest. It it was pretty regular. We had a great season. This is what it was. And I guess the biggest talking point, obviously. Was, was that damn package? I don't know. Yeah, no, no, you're right. 100%. It was, it was exactly that. That's the one thing everyone wonders. Is it going to change for the short tracks for next season? And because 2020, the parts are already submitted. This is the last year of that car. So it just depends. If they're, if teams are going to agree on it, then that's the only way you're going to see a change. Now, if not, nope, I don't think so. But I think that's the biggest takeaway to me. Well, I'm going to say this. Everybody's talking about the damn package. People need to be thinking about the championship race is going to be at Phoenix. So if you thought this was a meh race for Miami, what the hell is it going to be like as in the package at Phoenix for the championship race next year? Meh. Okay, I said it. Maybe I will stand corrected. But if what we saw at Phoenix before the final championship race this year is any indication of what the championship race at Phoenix next year is going to be like, I don't think it's going to be a great race. But I'm optimistic. I love NASCAR. And maybe something will happen next year. Who knows? Hmm. So any closing words for our friends, our NASCAR family, Renee? Say your peace now or forever hold your peace. I messed that one up, but you know what I was trying to say. Yeah, I know exactly where you were going with that. Um, I would just like to just thank all of our listeners, our new listeners, our old listeners that have uh, listened to our podcast, All Turns No Breaks. Thank you so much. And I definitely want to thank you, Tam, for putting in much of the just crazy work that you put in to make this podcast work. I don't think we could thank you enough, neither me or Kenny, but I want all our listeners to know how hard you work to make this podcast work for all three of us and to put a good show on for everybody. Thank you, Tam. And Kenny, thank you for always having your insight, your knowledge, and your energy and your vibe that makes this podcast for all three of us work. Thank you, guys. Thanks to everybody that has supported our podcast throughout this the last several years that we've been doing this. Thank you. Thank you, Renee. And thank you, Kenny, as well. I could not do this podcast without either one of you. And Renee, we actually missed you the one time that you were not available to do the podcast, and it definitely was a difference. Kenny, you already know that we would not be doing this podcast without you this season because we were really like one foot away from throwing in the towel until you came in and just kind of offered a fresh perspective and just helped us out a little bit. So we appreciate you. And... I do want to shout out a bunch of our fans, but before I do that, Kenny, did you want to say anything? Uh, yeah, I won't be too long. Just like what Renee had also said, thank you for being a big help in putting the podcast together each and every week. You know, we've went a very long 40 weeks, so it's been a real long season. And just thank you for, thank you guys for bringing me on for an entire year. It's It's been really good. I've really enjoyed it. I've been able to meet some of our friends of the show. Because of this, same thing with a lot of my friends who don't even know a lick about NASCAR. They've listened and they've enjoyed it and been able to give them a different dynamic on it. So it's been a real fun year. I've really enjoyed it. I definitely think I've gotten better as a co-host, I think. But I think it was a really fun time all season long. And look, can't wait to do it again in 2020. Okay, shout out to some of our listeners. I'm sure I'm going to forget a few because this was not prepared. I'm just going to go off the top of my head of 
people who interact with us each week on the Twitter. Patrick R. Drone, thank you. Thank you for always being the first person to say hashtag MP as in now plan all turns no breaks. We appreciate you. You are one of the reasons why we continue to do this podcast. Shout out to Graydon Bunn and his boys for Graydon always jumps in. Any conversation we have on Twitter about NASCAR, he jumps in. He's a very passionate fan from Canada. So thank you. Trying to think again, this is off the top of my head. Larry Lee, who always has something to say. And Avery Duck, who is Special Kitty, I believe, on Twitter. And who else? Oh, my God. Oh, wait. There's somebody else. K. K-Pack. I don't know much about K-Pack, but he or she always jumps in whenever we have our talks on the Twitter. Shout out to Justin and his wife, who are both my friends. Shout out to Kobe Lambert. Thanks for always supporting us. Melody Clark. I feel like I'm forgetting so many people. Oh, Jonathan. He listens to the podcast. And who else? We didn't do as many NASCAR talks this season, so forgive us for that. But yeah, I think I covered everybody. I know I'm forgetting a lot of people, but... Oh, Ryan Goodrum, shout out to PTM Racing Podcast, Charlie Balls, Bowles, I always mispronounce his name. And one other person, and I mispronounce his name all the time, and I'm going to try my best because I'm going to look it up right now so I won't mispronounce his name. And he's corrected me before, but I think it's Clayton. Williams, and I feel like I'm mispronouncing his name again. But shout out to Clayton. We appreciate you. Oh, yeah, Loose Lug Nuts. Shout out to you as well. And who else? I'm missing some people. Off the top, I can't think. I think you named quite a few people, but I will definitely say shout out to everybody who is always participating all season because it's, it's real cool to have everyone interact all year long. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I'm sure it's not it because we have a lot of people who are team all turns, no breaks, but yeah. Okay. So we're dragging out this last episode, maybe because we don't (laughs) want to go, but we got to go. Now that doesn't mean we're gone forever. We're just gone for now, but we will still be on the Twitter and we will still be on Instagram. In fact, we're going to ramp it up on Instagram and We will actually finally get those t-shirts out that we've been talking about for two years. We're going to get those t-shirts out before the next season starts. And we actually may start a Patreon. So if you guys want to support the podcast, look for that. So yeah, so that's that. Bye, everybody. I don't know. Renee, Kenny. I, I love everybody, and I can't wait to see you guys next year, but definitely going to enjoy this break. That I'm going to be honest about. Hey, great 2019, y'all. It was a real good season. Thanks for participating. Thanks for listening. It's been a great one. I think we, we definitely worked our ass off this season. <laughs> definitely that. Okay. 
I will say one last thing. If you want to keep up with hashtag where is Renee, make sure to follow Renee on his Instagram as well as his Twitter at it's Renee Garcia. If you want to know what's going on with Kenny, Kenny is on the Twitter at Front Row Kenny. And of course, if you want to be inspired and you need some positivity in your life, you can follow me on Twitter as well as Instagram and read notes from Tam every day at I am sincerely Tam. Awesome. Well, there we go. We don't want it to end, but it has to end. Thank everyone again for uh, listening to us and supporting us. Please hit us up on our social media at any time, just like Tam said, at Turns No Breaks. For Tam, for Kenny, and myself, all Turns No Breaks. We love you guys. See y'all. Y'all have a good one. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 